Hello and welcome to another edition of the Canadian Premier League Newsroom Podcast. I'm Christian Jack, joined today by Marty Thompson and Charlie O'Connor-Clark. Other work conflicts and school schedules mean it's just us three today, uh, but we'll carry the load and we'll be fine for it. Quick fire question to start off, boys, as we get into what was a great weekend in the Canadian Premier League. Manny Aparicio was our player of the week, voted on Friday, but who would be your second player? Who else was considered for that after a good week of individual players? Marty. Yeah, I, I picked Manny, but it might be Stefan Karyavanovic for, for Halifax. He drew the two penalties in the Labor Day game, and he scored against Forge uh, on Friday. He actually drew a penalty again against Ottawa, uh, the one that Morelli didn't finish. I was thinking him, just because I thought it was kind of a fun yeah. pick. Good shout. Charlie? I know they only played one game, but I gave very serious consideration to Azriel Gonzalez in Edmonton. Yes, that's my yeah. pick. That was my pick, too. We only played one game, but he does make the Gatorade team of the week this week after a goal and two assists. And uh, he has certainly changed their attack yeah. a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they've been fun to watch. All right, boys, let's start with Super Saturday in the Canadian Premier League. A dream day for those of us who like playoff races and chaos. Vala began the week with a 3-0 loss to Edmonton. We just mentioned that at home. And have since seen teams fail to capitalize multiple times during this bad run to catch up with them. But that finally ended and caught with them to, on Saturday in the same afternoon noon as Halifax beat Atletico Ottawa by two goals to one thanks to a late goal by you know who Jao Morelli and a York win at Forge by two goals to nil closing the gap on fourth and the final playoff spot we'll talk later about Pacific three Cavalry one at the top standings so far through 17 match days in the Canadian Premier League are Pacific top of the table on 34 points from 17 an average of exactly two points per game. Cavalry three points back on 31. Forge third on 28. They are away from the pack and running into the playoffs. But Valor are fourth on 22. York fifth on 22, just behind on goal difference. Halifax sixth on 21. That's right. One point separates fourth to sixth, trailing Edmonton on uh, seventh and 17. And Ottawa are losing pace, 13 points through 17 games. Uh, boys, let's start in the nation's capital. What a game this was. Ottawa, again, very much heavily involved. Ottawa, again, giving up a penalty. Halifax, again, having late goals. Um, Jao Morelli is our main man that we have to talk about here. He did not play against Forge because he was suspended. But in the last three games he's played, he has a brace in all three. Six goals <laughs> in three games. A remarkable pace. And uh, this was probably one of my favorite goals he scored, Charlie. Just off the boot, left foot strike, instant as he ran into the box into his office. And a great finish yeah. and a much-needed three points for Halifax. Yeah, a huge result for Halifax. and. You know, I, we probably need to start talking about Joao Morelli as a real candidate for this year's MVP because he's been incredible for this Halifax team. You know, at, at certain early stages of the season, he was the only player that could score for them. Mm. And, you know, they're picking it up in other areas now, but he still remains that huge force. You know, on, in this Ottawa game, he played a slightly different role. He played as a number 10. So he was kind of that late arriving runner in the box, which produced that second goal when he's kind of at the top of it unmarked because Corey Bent is causing chaos down in the six-yard box. And he scores the goal, as he always seems to. But he was actually kind of the creative force on this day as well with, I think, three key passes and and a whole lot of, you know, attacks ending in the attacking third. But, yeah, Joao Morelli, man, he's a very, very talented player and he's a lot of fun to watch. 
Yeah, interesting that he got to play in that number 10. Stephen Hart said a lot this season that they played him basically where they've had to play him because mm-hmm. of the injuries that they've had. Played quite deep a lot, but we know, and I covered it on One Soccer as well, we know he's at his best when he's really making those penetrating runs into the box and into space. And a lot of his goals has been those one-touch finishes, not just penalties, by the way, four of them as well uh, from his 11 so far, Marty. But just a difference maker to see him playing and flourish in that number 10 spot. Uh, and really carry this Halifax team to, a, to, as I said earlier, to a three points that they desperately needed, having left so many on the table from winning positions over the last few weeks. We're going to talk a lot about this Halifax team, but again, Morelli playing in those positions, like Akeem Garcia scored, what, one goal this year? Hmm. You off know, Morelli's come, yeah, off a penalty, and Morelli's coming into that role. It just shows that, you know, Halifax does have a lot of attacking firepower outside of Morelli, but specifically to him. I did look it up today, guys. Um, now Morelli leads with six braces in the CPL's history. Uh, he he obviously uh, surpassed Dom Malong on four uh, in the past week. He also has six penalties, six converted all time, which I think is also a CPL record. But wow, keep in mind, wow. he only he only had two as of like two weeks ago. So he's setting he's setting records everywhere with this this uh, this goal scoring streak for sure. He's been excellent, and you know I, we'll get to Ottawa in a second. I felt for him in, in a way, but. Here we go. Here come Halifax. They've been many people's pick to be the team that could be the one that would come from deep to kind of make a run. Unbeaten in six, 13 points post-bubble. Have scored in nine straight games as well. Uh, They seemingly are clicking. That back three, and they've had a lot of injuries, but that back three, Charlie, seems to be working for them as well. And there's no continuity. They keep getting injuries and different players in there, but in the end... You know, they, they they drew games when they could have lost them, and now they're starting to win games when they could have drawn them. And this is becoming a bit of a crucial time for some momentum. Yeah, and that's that's really the huge part because, you know, I think we did say they're unbeaten in, is it five or, or six now? Six, yeah. Six. Um, but I think four of those are draws. But I think, I think they've now won two of their last three because they are really, you know, starting to turn these results into wins, as you said. And that's kind of what they've been talking about in the last couple of weeks is they've just got to, you know, find that, last little edge to put teams away and uh, even on the road it's difficult to do that and ottawa has been a fairly difficult team to play against at td place in their few games there so far but it's it's really positive for ottawa and you know you mentioned that back three peter Schala is always incredible when he gets on the pitch for them i think maybe lost in the shuffle of joao morelli's big day was how good jake ruby was in that game mm-hmm he had a whole lot of tackles and I think he won, I think every duel he was in, he is really, really flourishing in that spot and that kind of right side of a back three. We know other players that do very well in the right side of a back three for the national team. <laughs> right. But yeah, it, it's a really, it's always a, a fun position for players to play. And Ruby is really making it his own. He's always been a really good player at, you know, winning those battles and winning the ball off players. And he is really thriving there. Yeah, Jake Ruby, one player was one one of a few players this week that I just couldn't get in the team of the week. And it was so tough. Uh, but Chris Nifikensa had a great game as well yeah. uh, and ended up getting that extra spot for me in defense. Um, they scored four goals, Halifax, in eight games in the bubble. Since then, I think it's got 14 in nine. So that attack's clicking, as you mentioned uh Marty as well you know they're not getting their main man scoring goals you know so that's Mm -hmm. that 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 certainly helped them as well Uh, but the game did actually make a big difference in terms of Ottawa again contributing to their own downfall another foul in the box 
Uh, that's nine, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it nine penalties yeah. now they've conceded this season? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and far too many in a row. I, I think it's – I'll check the stats in a second. Uh, but to do that so early, if you're Mr. Marty and you're contr- and you're working on this all week and then within five minutes you give away another penalty in the box – Who'd be a who'd be a manager in this situation? For them? <laughs> well, he he said previously that he's he hasn't seen, and this was I think when they were on six or seven penalties that he had never seen any streak like this, right? And it's continuing and it's continuing. We saw Jimmy Brennan with York with the same thing in that game on Labor Day uh, last week, where he got he focused on that, and they gave up two penalties in 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 rapid succession as well. I think for Ottawa, it's just about trying to, as Mista's mentioned countless times, just having confidence in the box. And, you know, making those mistakes, but trying to learn from them. We've seen a couple younger players, you know, uh, uh, give up penalties here recently. And, and uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's hard not to just, it's just, it just sucks. We've seen it with Pacific last year, right? The, the number of penalties that they gave up and how it changed their season. This is changing Ottawa's season. There's no doubt about it. Six penalties conceded in their last eight games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two points from a four game home span, home span, one win in 12. They got seven points from eight in the bubble where things were kind of mediocre. They kind of came out there going, I think we kind of thought they underachieved, particularly after a preseason where they went away and got a lot of cohesion together that other clubs didn't have. If they underachieved in the bubble with seven points from eight, what kind of word are we describing them now? Six points from nine post-bubble and they played six of those games at home uh underachieving is certainly one way to describe it charlie but i feel like maybe a little bit stronger this is just a team that is just at times playing really well in games and then at times as mister has said maybe don't react really well to adversity and then yeah. just spiral out of control it's it's it's, it's a difficult team to analyze because as i said so there are they have had moments in games where they fought back and you know i thought malcolm shaw was great again on the weekend but Yep. Just just a disappointing team that can't get over the line a lot of the time. Yeah, I I think maybe the word exasperating mm, is what I would go with for this team because it is sort of the same story every game. You know, every up uh, every opposing team that they come up against is full of praise for this team and how well they move the ball and you know how good they are at, you know, playing the ball out of the back and and playing in possession but every single time it's you know it's a silly penalty it's a bad giveaway and then the game kind of spirals away from them you know Mista in his post-match availability after this one was with that same kind of attitude I mean we we mentioned that it did seem like the same story and he just started laughing like Jack Nicholson he's like (laughs) clearly a man who's (laughs) a man who's very frustrated with what's going on here because you know he said I I don't know what else we can do because we're like, I don't know what to what to say to this team because we are doing things right. It's just the ball's not going in for us and and it is going in at the back because we're kind of causing our own downfall at a lot of opportunities. So it is really frustrating to maybe pick out exactly what they could change other than, you know, not fouling guys in the box. But yeah. I don't know, something's gotta something's gotta give soon. It's I still contagious. think there are no. I mean and the other thing sorry Marty, go ahead. The other thing quickly is that like you can't question these decisions. Like mm-hmm. they've all been, I don't think there's been really one where you got, ah, I mean, they're pretty yeah. much penalties. Go ahead, Marty. Sorry. No, I was just going to say there, there are some, and correct me if I'm wrong here, guys. Like, I think there are some positives for this Ottawa team, considering how they started this season. Yeah. Like, you know, think about how static their attack looked in those, those opening games. Yeah. They won against Edmonton on, on the first day of the season, but all things considered, like, you know, Malcolm Shaw, you mentioned there, KJ, like he's, 
he what he's got seven goals or something like mm-hmm. that like he, he continues in the finish that he had uh, uh on the weekend like i think that the, they are still kind of growing into it and i think with with a new team like this how 2020 went like you know i think they just need a bit of time and i I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I think there are some positives there. No, I think so. Look, yeah. I think, you know, they, Just they, have growing, to, right? they have to grow though. No, like it can't yeah. be a season now where it spirals out of control and they just say, okay, we're not going to make it. And we're going to try and figure out next. They, they, we have to see if you're, if you're Ottawa ownership and, and, and you're running the team, you have to think, all right, well, if we're not going to make the playoffs, who's going to make it for next year, right? Who are going to be yeah. the core we build yeah. around? Because, What's the key in this league? Look at Pacific, Cavalry, Forge, Stability, right? They, they've yeah. been building for this moment for a while, Charlie. And if you're Ottawa, you have to say, we need a core group here to be able to push forward because, you know, it's the first real season. We get it. You know, there's some changes last year. I think they only had nine returnees. So they've gone through a whole thing again. You know what I mean? So, But this year, they can't be just, they can't be just blowing it up again for 2023, 2022. Absolutely. Yeah, and maybe in hindsight... Ottawa does get a, a bit of a, a, a pass at times for, you know, they are quite a different team to what they even were last year. And obviously last year's team was put together quite quickly because of the, the situation and, you know, how late they came into the league. And it is a, a process of building things. And I think that maybe the two teams in a league that are in this sort of building phase are Ottawa and FC Edmonton, who yeah. keep speaking about the same sorts of things, right? They're, they're building things. They need to see players, individuals, step up and, and really fight to you know earn their spot in this team right because uh, as you said yeah you're not just playing for this season anymore at this point you are playing for next year and, and I, we don't know which players are out of contract we don't know which players are looking to to move up or to stick around with this team and at this point you do need to see you know a lot of fight you, you need to see players you know even if it is a difficult season and even if it does seem like things just aren't going well you need to see players that are sticking to this vision that they're trying to instill and really continuing to, as difficult as it is, continuing to buy into what this team is trying to put together. Yeah, 100%. Trips to York Lions Stadium on the docket for both these teams. Ottawa go to York Tuesday night. Halifax go to York on Saturday as the come-on game of the match of the week. What a match that will be. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, talking of York, Forge nil, York United 2. An action-packed match again from Tim Hortons uh, Stadium. What a game this was in terms of York going into Hamilton and just not getting Having a bit out. of fun yeah not you know what i struck about this was i was i, I did this game on one soccer i was at the other game when they won the game and you guys remember this they won one nil uh rivero got a got a goal and it was was sent off and forge just destroyed them in the last 30 minutes pushing 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 but she couldn't score and in the end i think everyone at york said okay maybe we got away with one there we'll take the three points they didn't get away with anything here they went out they stomped it they got what they needed and they got a penalty missed as well. And they delivered a tremendous, particularly second half performance, Marty, that makes us think this is a real contender for a top four spot, York United. This is such a hardworking, selfless team. They really play like they, you know, they they play as a unit in a way that a few teams, I think at this point, especially outside of the top three or four teams in this league, really show on a week to week basis. They keep showing that they're they're willing to fight. Obviously, after the the game against uh, the game against Halifax, how demoralizing that could have been. They yeah. come out here and they just absolutely destroy it. I know you want to talk about Max Ferrari. That's a player that, you know, you just look at, just follow him around for 45 minutes. It's, it's, it's tireless. It's, it's endless. These are players that are just like, they, they really are working tight knit. They're working like a good group. 
I think that's really what is going to be, you know, their X factor if they want to make the playoffs at this point. And they showed it against Forge. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, what was coming in. I, and we spoke to, Charlie and I spoke to Jimmy Brennan last week in the press conference about it. They came into the game having given up eight points from winning positions in the last five matches. Mm-hmm. Four of those they led and didn't win, you know. So when they went up in this game, I don't know about you guys watching the game. We certainly at one soccer thought, okay, let's find out a little bit now about this team, right? Against the champs mm-hmm. ahead, 1-0. No, no, no. Let's go again. You know, there was Jonathan Grant would admit his left footed ball into the box is pretty much not a great ball. But then on the counter attack, York push forward, get that key second goal, which was very important because we knew that the onslaught from Forge, particularly when Babuli came on, would happen. Uh, But it all started, Charlie, with Ferrari. Uh, Another goal, one that he said that he would take. I don't know how he worded it, but he he basically told us he didn't necessarily mean the shot, but he kind of put it over that it went in. Kind of meant it, kind of didn't. Um, I want to concentrate on just him as a player. You know, this is a player that is not only just a contender for the young Canadian player of the year, but a player that would be in consideration for being, you know, a top five, top 10 candidate for league MVP at this point, how well he's playing Charlie. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll get to some of the other 20 under 21 Canadians who are pushing him at the moment, but back to back weeks again, in the Gatorade team of the week and a player that just drives this team forward. No pun intended. I love that. I love that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Well, there, everybody Marty, gets one. Everybody gets one. Yeah. Uh, I think Howard, it was Marty. Just by a- Ferrari. There we go. There we go. Uh, well, I think it was Marty that just said that this York team is selfless and hardworking, and that's exactly what Max Ferrari is specifically. Yeah. Right? And, you know, it maybe speaks to how much of this team, maybe identity feels like it's coming through him. And he's, he's a 20-year-old player, and he's just come in and, and made such an impact so quickly. And he's, I, I think, KJ, you'd mentioned that pre-match conference with Jimmy Brennan on Friday and he spoke a lot about Max Ferrari and I think he just couldn't say enough about how hardworking this kid is. I think he said that he had to sit him out of training for a bit because his, uh, his biometric meter was, was kind of going out of control. And he's like, you gotta, you have to take a break, man. You have to chill out because he just works so hard all the time. And he's just a fascinating player to watch because he's just so quickly on the ball. And when he, when he gets it in space, he's gone. And, and it's, you know, it's a really, really fitting name that he has because he is just so devastating on that counterattack. He's so fast. And his chemistry that he's starting to build up with some of these other players, this York counterattack is terrifying. It's really, really good. And as a team, that is quite good at defending and sitting in a low block. If you mess up against him, if you give the ball away, you're going to be destroyed on that counterattack. And it's more often than not going to come through Ferrari, who's just... A, ridiculously entertaining player at the moment yeah so if max needs if max needs like a bit of time off does he go to the shop does he need a new <laughs> transmission or something like what's the all i'm gonna say is i'm gonna watch york live on tuesday night i want to see max ferrari so if anyone's listening uh, i i imagine he's gonna get rested soon Please don't rest him on Tuesday night. I don't want to get there and Max Ferrari's a sub. Uh, so that's my message to York. Um, that I haven't run the numbers on this, and I'm sure our friends uh, uh, can do this. But you mentioned their counterattack. When I watch them, they rarely play lateral passes. 
It's mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. You think of all their players, Ansa, Abzi. I thought Zator was tremendous again. But, you know, even, you know, Johnston played a little bit high. I thought it was a really, really good decision to play three central midfielders with Toussaint and Verhoeven and Johnston just to kind of boost up that midfield. Whenever you play against Cissé or Becker, you've got to outnumber them and outwork them, and it's tough. I thought Cissé was tremendous again. Um, but... You know they play forward and quick, and that and that's what's caught your caught Forge out a little bit here. Um, I mentioned it, Ferrari, the leading candidate, no question about it right now for for the young player, under twenty one player of the year. What other players are are in that discussion, boys? Because we were talking a little bit about this off camera as well at One Soccer, challenging him right now. Um, I don't want to say all of them, but you know, Karifa no. Yao is a player I was thinking about. Uh, did you guys ever have a thought about anybody else who could be challenging Max Ferrari for that individual honor? It's I mean, tough just because I think Jonathan Sirwa is the other one, but season necessarily hasn't gone the way we expected it would have in July. He has yeah. been good, yeah. He has been good, but I think I mean those three are are definitely up there. I mean, what like Isaiah Johnson as well? He, he could he he could still count for this, right? I I would I would put him there. Yeah, Charlie. Do you have any names? Yeah, I've already took all the all the picks that I think we've spoken about before. Um, what about you know, a certain defensive midfielder for Pacific? A certain defensive yeah. midfielder for Pacific, this Hajabarpour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Good. I think yeah. we kind of forget that he's still that young because it's his third season with the team. Yeah, he's he is really excellent, especially you know with some injuries, he always seems to be a consistent force. But you know the fact that we're maybe just throwing out a whole lot of names for the sake of throwing out names. I think it, it speaks volumes to, you know, Ferrari's running away with this award. I think that's kind of why I did it. That's what I wanted yeah. to do. Yeah. Valor have now been caught. So the next few matches will be critical to decide how the end of the season table shapes up with the top four teams making the playoffs quote. That's what we've been chasing. We knew we needed three points said Max Ferrari quote. We saw that we were on 19 and could get level with Valor on 22 with a win today. We thought we were unlucky with our past couple of results. And to get a win after five games without one is huge for us. And that's how they played. Yeah, They played with a, like a team looking at the table. Didi Nabzi, and if you saw it, we had him at halftime. And he said, we are going to win this match. It was nil-nil against the champs. And he said, we are going <laughs> to win this match. And I just love that. that. As you said, that youthful enthusiasm about this team. Um, and they don't fear Forge. And no. by the way, they could end up playing them in a playoff game. Yeah, we don't know that, but they don't fear them at all, right? Um, what about Forge here? Any concerns? A big month ahead. Um, my friend and colleague Gareth Wheeler was pretty good to say this could be a look-ahead game as he thought about going into that game on the weekend. That, I don't necessarily want to say that that's why they lost, but with bigger games to come, Canadian Championship, CONCACAF League, um, Forge already kind of settled in the, th- in the three. The, their lineup certainly didn't dictate it. Uh, but this was not a, a performance that Bobby Smyrniotis would have been happy with, buddy. Yeah, it, certainly not. I think it was a frustrating one. But at the end of the day, like uh, Smyrniotis specifically knows what this team is about. And it's about trying to obviously get in the top four for the playoffs and be successful in CONCACAF League. We've seen this team have lulls, uh, you know, around CONCACAF League games before in the first season as well. But I don't think, I mean... Like Forge played okay in that game. Paulo Sabak almost scored goal of the season with oh that, that that lefty where he just he seemed yeah. to have like five or six players around him at once, and he somehow fired that one off. Like Babuli obviously had that shot up, went off like like Chris knows Ensa's skull. Like there were just there were many chances in this game. I don't know. I, I it is frustrating, but at the same time, um, Forge understands what the slog of the season is, and they are in good shape. They are they in good 16 shape. Sixteen shots. 
Exactly. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really think it's anything to be concerned about at all. That and even the Halifax loss as well. I think, I think they're in good shape. I'll take your stats and your analysis and I'll kind of agree with it. I'll counter with this. I do think the difference with them over Pacific and Cavalry is they're not efficient enough. And I do think they have something lacking in the final third, whether that be Omar Brownie, who's on his way, apparently. Bobby Smith also asked every morning over his cornflakes when the paperwork has been signed. Um, Whether that be now Babouli coming back, whether that being a Tristan Borges that we still haven't seen in Top Gear yet, we need to see it eventually, right? If they're going to win a league, we need to see that eventually. And I'll say this. The other thing I'll say is I understand that Palmadou Carr, Tommy Wielden has been the, uh, the head of this, and Bobby Smirniotis are all saying the same things, right? Make the top four. Just yeah. get in the top yeah, yeah. four. We'll see. I'm going to make a case. You want to win this league. You want to win this league. You need to win this league. Why? First of all, the top three are running away yeah. with it compared to everybody else. Would you like a semifinal to play at home against the team that finishes fourth and then play at home in the final? Or would you like to play one of Cavalry or Forge or Pacific away from home in the first game and that. then play them away from home again? Because yeah. if you finish third, you got to go away from home to get two top teams to try and win this. That is a slog. So I think I know what everyone's saying. It's 17 games in. It's, it feels like, okay, September. When we start kicking into the late of September and October, this is going to be the storyline, in my opinion, the race for number one and the key advantage that you're going to have over it. And I think the storyline, Charlie, will change. I think they're going to start saying as, the, as the, the games come thick and fast that that number one all of a sudden is extremely important to not have to travel, yeah. not play away from home against these teams. And also, they're not going to say this, but to play a team that finishes fourth that is significantly less, quali- less qualified. Yes, and as, as much as... As much praise as we have heaped on York, or whether it's Valor or Halifax or Edmonton, they are, you know, at probably a level below those top three teams at the moment. And, but I think even more than that, you're absolutely right. The home advantage would be huge in these playoff games because we know how hard it's been traditionally to play on the road in the CPL, you know, with the travel and the short turnaround and, and going on the road to these tough environments. It is going to be massive. And I think probably these three teams at the top will frame it as you know we've gotten through to the season the season to this point we've put ourselves in a position to fight for that that positioning to fight for that top spot yeah and that's probably all you can ask for now and maybe as we see them get really down the wire maybe the last last 10 game sprint to the playoffs we'll see teams really start to maybe kick into gear with these these races for the positioning because i think it is absolutely going to be on their minds and if it's not if it's not yet it will be very shortly yeah, I think so. Keep an eye on that. Talking at the top of the table, Clash, we go back to Thursday, Pacific 3, Cavalry 1. Tommy Wilden Jr. was magnanimous in defeat, saying we were the best the, the best team won um, and was not very happy, in particular, in conceding the goal right before halftime. Um, just, you know, wasn't, you know, was leading the game 1-0. I think Sergio Camargo called it shocking and had a go at the fact that their game management was nowhere near good enough at that level. Um, but it has to be said... The Pacific attack is dynamic at the moment. They are efficient where other teams have not. Three more goals. Their goal difference is off the charts, way better than anybody else in the league right now. I think they're a plus 12 um, right now. 30 goals through 17 games. Another goal, another game where they got three goals. They've done it consistently, again, without Bustos. Terran Campbell stepped in. I thought I, mm-hmm. I thought I didn't get him in the team of the week, but I thought uh, sorry, Alejandro Diaz was fantastic in holding the ball up. Wiro Diaz was tremendous in the game. 
Um, you know, Heard came off and after 60 minutes and they put Blasco on. There's so much depth there, Marty, at the moment. This is a team that you picked at the start to lead it all the way. And so far through 17 games, we're patting you on the back, mate. But even you, I would imagine, when you picked them to be the best team, would not have thought that this attack would be quite as dynamic without Bustos. The Yeah, the, the attack for sure. But again, this is another game where they completely stifled the uh, opposing team's attack. Right. And the the defensive group, I know we talked about this before the season started it's with Pacific. Like you never quite knew, right? They, you know, they had lost obviously Marcel De Jong. They were they were weak back there. But like again, like Lucas McNaughton has been fantastic this season. And then going back up, like you mentioned, Taron Campbell, like he's might be so far through at least in the middle part of the season out of the bubble, their most valuable player. And he's got six goals and four assists or something. Like it, it's 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 mad. I I really think this team is a cut above and I'm glad I picked them before the season. And it's good that they are coming up against cavalry the way they are. You, you kind of touched on it there, KJ with, you know, wanting to play the good teams. And Tommy had a great quote before the game talking about, you know, iron sharpening iron. Yeah. Right. And, and, and Pacific gets a chance to play cavalry and vice versa. Um, I think, I think they can do two more times, but they do get the chance to play a lot and you know there are learning lessons that come out of it and frankly pacific has gotten the best out of this uh you know even though they did lose that that one game at home they're still getting the best out of this and and we still have another canadian championship game to look forward to so yeah i think pacific on the whole as as it continues to prove that they are that consistent team such a great rivalry developing here the two top teams Definitely. in the league playing a lot and sometimes you know familiarity can lead to contempt not a lot of too much issues with that right now i think there's still a tremendous amount of respect between each other um but, you know I'll, I'll say this you know whoever plays and if they do play each other in the playoffs you know flip a coin you know pacific had their yep. say this time i think cavalry yep. could have their say next time charlie it's just you know, i will say i think pacific have had a light schedule They've only played five games. I know they played the Cancham game against the Whitecaps, but considering how condensed this schedule is about to become and how it was before, I think this has helped them a little bit because they can reach a tempo right now, an explosion in the attack particularly. They've got fresh players. Terry Campbell's an example of that where they haven't had to rotate too much. And I think yeah. that's helped them playing just five league games in under a month. Yeah, I think it has. They've managed to have this little bit of consistency. And when you want to play the kind of attacking football they do, it's really helpful to have the same kind of players on the pitch you know josh Hurd is really really embracing that role on the left diaz is you know become the the out and out number nine because of how good taryn campbell's been on the right yeah and this is you know as they continue to get healthier as well they're only going to get better you know ollie bassett made a, a return in this game i think he's been good. out for a little while mm-hmm. he was great i mean they've, they've still got uh, even victor blasco again who's just coming off the bench at the moment we we even we talk about their defense and you know, they've been so good defensively, even without Thomas Mayer Jaguer, who was one of the best center backs in the league yeah. last year and is an incredibly talented young player. So this Pacific team really does have an insane amount of depth that they actually haven't had to, you know, lean on in the way that some other teams have in the past month or so, because they have been able to keep things fairly consistent. But when they have had to call on it, it's really, you know, made a difference for them to, to keep some of these players a little bit fresher. Yeah, and still no Bustos, right? Like just, we, we still wait don't for, his, for his. Don't reason. need him. Forget about it. Don't even, don't even don't even come back. All good. I'm just kidding. They would they will be lethal with him back. I think he's watching Jal Morelli dying to get back on the pitch. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we all we all know Marco. He'll be he'll be freaking out. 
<laughs> he wants to get back on the. Uh, yeah. Talking about having games uh, a little bit of a rest, it doesn't get much easier. Pacific this week, a lot, lots going on. Uh, go to Edmonton on Tuesday night and then host Ottawa on Sunday before um, the CanChamp game in midweek. Again, following yeah. that, where they play uh, Cavalry play Pacific in the Canadian Championship game. Uh, so six big games this week: Tuesday night, York against Ottawa and Edmonton against Pacific. Wednesday night, the Canadian Championship game. Marty will be there for us. Forge against Valor from Tim Hortons Field. Uh, York United against Halifax Wanderers from York Line Stadium on Saturday is the come on match of the week. Catch it live with us on One Soccer. Charlie, are we covering it for us as well? Um, we get to that quickly in a second. Valor Cavalry will follow that in the afternoon. And then on Sunday night, Pacific Ottawa will be back Sunday night to recap all of that as well. I think out of all those games, and of course, there's a CanChamp game there as well, but York, what a week they've got ahead of themselves, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. York against Ottawa on Tuesday, which anybody associated with York will be telling themselves, guys, do not take this team lightly. This looks like a game we should win, but the kind of game that you may, in Canadian Premier League this year have taught us that you don't win when you're supposed to win those games. And yeah. then just a, just a massive game against a rested Halifax on Saturday who don't play this week. So uh, this is the team to watch, the trending team right now in the Canadian Premier League this week, Charlie, at York Line Stadium, two massive games for Jimmy Brennan's side. Absolutely. And I think Valor only plays one game on the weekend. So, you know, if, if York is able to pull out a couple of results, then they may wake up next week and see themselves in a playoff spot. Yeah, and <laughs> that's it, what we said, right? York get to play teams like Ottawa, and no disrespect, yeah. Halifax. Valor are playing Cavalry and Pacific a lot, and they're the two yeah. best teams in the league right now, Marty. It's, it's, yeah, th- that's the first element. The second element is taking advantage of that, right? This is a York team that's also dropped points away to Ottawa. And, you know, when they're playing teams like, again, like you mentioned, Halifax, I think they play uh, in, uh, well, they play obviously on, uh, on the weekend, then they play again. So those are like incredibly important points because if you, you know, if you're going to say we're playing weaker opposition in the East, well, you need to take advantage of it. Obviously, right. York beating Forge twice does that too, but you right. really do need to capitalize on that advantage. Just a big week in the Canadian Premier League and a reminder, campl.ca forward slash predictor. Go on, pick the scores, pick the results, pick the winners, and you can win tickets to the final that's coming thick and fast in, in yeah. November. After that, what a week we have the following week. We've got Forge against Independiente in the CONCACAF League. We have a triple header of Canadian Championship on the 22nd. We'll be all over that, previewing that next week. All right, boys, for we let you go any other business what's on your mind this week anything non-football related that's uh got your juices flowing uh anything exciting out there marty what's uh i'm looking for apartments in toronto right now which is not a good time not a good time i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend that for anybody no Uh, it's probably like one of the most challenging times of someone's life right moving yeah like (laughs) The moving it's anyway awful. is challenging. It's like a, it's one of those moments in your life where you're just like, everyone hates moving, right? But then actually planning to move, I think, is almost as bad as actually moving. And then you're, you're like, we found a, thought we found a really nice place, and then a buddy called this morning, said, no dice, don't even bother uh, coming around. I was like, thanks. This is a lot of that. That's oh, all right. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. Maybe we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get through it. Anybody listening with apartments in Toronto, you can message Marty. Marty call. I'm moving in. Just my girlfriend and cat. That's it. But I'm moving in. See, they're not even that. They don't even have that much stuff. Just a cat. Come on. Let him in. Yeah, it's just a cat. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It's yeah. not like a Char- big, like 150 pound dog or anything. No, like, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I've met, I've met this cat. It's, it's, you know, it's a bit of a terror sometimes, but 
we did we We're did trying record... to sell Marty on getting an apartment here yeah you know what we it's did a record cat. a couple we did record a couple episodes with my cat when he was a kitten and it was a nightmare what's Absolute the cat's nightmare. name his name is magoo because okay. and he acts exactly like you would expect he would. All right, yeah, all so right. that's that's tough. Yeah, so hopefully no potential uh, potential landlords uh, uh, read or listen to this or I was or trying to sell at you, but now you've made out this night <laughs> this I, from hell. And you I can't in good conscience. I can't in good conscience let that go uh, un- unmentioned. Real talk though, Charlie. If you see a sign in your neighborhood, just let me know immediately because I feel like that's how you get an apartment in Toronto. You just like Pretty see much. a sign, you call it, and you're like, oh, this is a. Like four hundred dollars cheaper than the going rate. Yeah. Perfect. But now ahead. they're gonna say no cats. <laughs> <laughs> they are gonna say no cats. So, so quickly, if the if the apartment of your dreams came up and they said no cats, what's going on with Magoo? Is he get are you getting another apartment or are you just letting letting him go? We've literally had that happen already. Uh, someone asked, "Oh, can you tell me about yourself?" I mentioned that we had a cat and then just no response. And then I said, "Hey, are we still on for four p.m.?" And they're like, "No, because you have a cat." So that's going to keep happening. That's going to keep happening. There you Don't go. Worry about it. Charlie, what's on going on in your life? You know, the, the CPL is going on. Shout out to the, <laughs> can I shout out the Toronto Blue Jays? Yes. That's been a lot yes. of fun the last few days. Just um, putting up NFL scores on an NFL Sunday, by the way. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Pounding this like single A Baltimore Orioles. Team. <laughs> <laughs> that was so much fun. Those comebacks and a doubleheader on Saturday as well. It's a good time. It's a baseball, good time for sports. Baseball's fun, man. I mean, I'm yeah. a Braves fan. We're top of the division, so we're hoping to get the playoffs as well. But baseball this time of year is fun. Uh, the, the, the leaves are changing. The weather's changing a little bit. October playoff baseball, bring it up. I'm, uh, I'm all over that. Anytime I want to talk about baseball. Also this week, September, I don't know if you guys are F1 fans or anything, but September 15th, Schumacher documentary coming out on Netflix. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Can't wait for this. Uh, yeah, so that'll be good. Eh? Looking forward to that. They know how to do some documentaries on F1, so this should be pretty special. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I was quite fortunate to see quite a lot of Schumacher's big moments as a kid. So I was there for his first win, his there for his first race, wow. both back-to-back games, uh, races at Spa 91, 92. Actually, I've got Schumacher on my desk here. Schumacher right here. There he is. Oh, uh, nice. Michael, that's my, that's Michael. <laughs> he looks like uh, Superman. Yeah, that's that's like his, Superman uh, that was his famous celebration at Benetton Colors, 95. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, you know, I, I don't get a chance to watch much Netflix these days because CPL is busy, but yeah, yeah. Look, looking forward to that, boys. Nice. All right. Well, keep up the great work, fellas. Thanks everybody for listening as usual a big week as i said six games this week one in the canadian championship five in the canadian premier league we'll be all over that campiel.ca we thank you for watching with us and listening to us and we'll speak to you soon have a good week